Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ray's Music Reviews. We haven't done one of these in a while, uh, so I thought we would just talk about stuff that we've all been listening to recently. This is uh, me, we've all, referring to me, Ray, and KP. Yo. Uh, this will happen after this. Welcome to Ray's Music Reviews. Come along as Ray embarks on a musical journey by deep diving into artists, genres, and albums of his choosing. And now, Ray Reviews. Welcome. Jeez, how do we start an episode like this? We just did. With a, with a freaking jazz band, a funk band, and an applauding audience. Uh-huh. Yes, we did. Rocking it. <laughs> oh, gee. Um, Why don't you just dive in so. and tell us what you've been listening to. Pull up your old Spotify. See what's been going on. Um, Give them a plug yeah. they're not paying us for. Those jerky poos. So uh, yesterday, I put on a Bright Eyes album, Fevers and Mirrors. We've actually done a Bright Eyes album before on this podcast. Yeah. It, it's one of their uh, really good records. I think Bright Eyes were really important. A band of their era. And uh, yeah, I just think the album's really solid. Uh, really just all around really good. What's a couple good tracks? Now you've been listening the, to the whole record, right? Yeah, I, I listened to the whole album in uh, full. The, the Calendar Hung Itself is a very catchy song. Halai, halai, alai, halai, halai, I think I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, is also really good. Uh, Sunrise, Sunset is great. Just a really good, uh, if, if you've listened to Bright Eyes, then you would probably understand what you're in for. Is there a theme? Uh, the, I mean, there are general the themes of just like fevers and mirrors and stuff. There's actually specifically um, on uh, an attempt to tip the scales. Um, it ends in like a liter- little interview that Connor Oberst did where it kind of explains the themes of the albums. What track is um, that? A little bit. That I said, uh, an attempt to tip the scales. Okay. Um, okay. So there are themes. So it's constantly using stuff like mirrors and fevers and scales. And Bright Eyes is an important band to you. They're a band that I really like. I, I guess relatively. I mean, there are maybe some singer-songwriters that I like a little more, like Phil Elvrum, Elliot Smith. But I do, I do really like Connor Oberst, and I think that he is... Uh, really important to um, uh, me and a, a generation of music. That he's been important for a while. That so, band's been important. For, I mean, since you were pretty young. The, the album that I'm talking about came out in like 2003, something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something like that. I also listened to Death Haven Sunbather. It kind of combines elements of like black metal and dream pop and shoegaze a little bit. So it uh, it's really popular... Uh, it's it's especially very popular for a black metal record. It's popular amongst like indie band circles and as well as with like s- some metal circles. The topics generally discuss like stuff like death and almost like the feeling of being like lost. It's 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 generally a pretty like mon- millennial feeling album. Yeah, it has a lot of uh, dreads and worries that I hear around that generation. Certainly, if I were to get into black metal like at all, it would be the first uh, black metal album I would recommend to pretty much anyone unless they just wanted to like just like dive headfirst 
I did put on some of uh, Linkin Park's uh, first two records and A Thousand Suns. Linkin Park was great, weren't they? They were. They were really... I mean, I talk about a band that was really important to a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, we've talked about it before. My whole... The kids, I, they're not kids anymore, now they're 30, but all those guys that worked with me over the last, like, 10 years ago and all that, that was their Rolling Stones. Right. And he touched them in a way like Kurt t- um, Chester Bennington. He he touched them in a way that Eddie Vedder touches his audience, right. in a way that Kurt Cobain touched his audience, in a way right. that, you know, on a level that others don't reach absolutely because he uh, he just cut himself open and poured himself yeah, out has, to everyone. He has that power, and he's oh also my God. what a singer! You know, Jeez. he gets some time with with Stone Temple Pilots. I know he was a big fan of Stone Temple. Like he yeah. did some time fronting them. You know, um, actually, uh, which is weird, but uh, a little story about Lincoln Park. Um, when Lincoln Park uh, were first starting out, uh, I, I think I'm. Remember hearing the story that Mike Shinoda said, where he was like, "We would each write a hundred different hooks for a given song, and we would pick out the best hook from that bunch." Like, and that peek into their songwriting process was was really revealing for like why so many of those songs were so catchy and why a lot of them. Uh, popped out so much. Um, well, the other thing is, I think Shavota's underrated. Right. He was a big part of it. You know, say what you want. You know, it was it was that time where you kind of kind of needed a rapper in a way. Right. You know, and they knew how to both push the envelope and stay in their lane, which is an right. inc- incredible gift. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, voice of the voiceless type thing, and w- which you just pack fields full of people and stadiums full of people, and Absolutely. they jump up and down, and you allow them to, uh, like if Limp Biscuit was good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of elements of Linkin Park were like if like most of the bands of that era were good. New metal, yeah. right? And, 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 well, that's the weird thing is that there there were bands out of like the alternative metal scene of like Absolutely. the the late 90s and the early 2000s that I do love and I, I still like cherish. I like bands like Deftones, I guess Tool Count, uh, System of a Down. But uh, And say what you want about Limp Bizkit. When they first came out, there wasn't a whole lot like that coming out and they were slamming stadiums full of people, arenas full of people, just cashing checks hand over fist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, rolling, rolling, rolling. What? Yeah. They played WrestleMania that one time. <laughs> they played WrestleMania, which I may have missed. I may have missaid that. That might have been the only like stadium, stadium they played, <laughs> right? Right. But anyway. But, but they were really popular, right. basically. Oh, and then uh, of course they played some festivals that were huge. You could see them getting people jumping up and down. What else did you get into? Uh, what did I get into? Um, oh yeah, I've been. Uh, Listen to some of that new Travis Scott album, uh, Utopia. It's good, ain't it? It is good. It it's is good. really you good. Liked it. Yeah, I I got into it because you told me about it. Right. And I started checking it out, and um, I, I I like it a lot too. Yeah. The collabs uh, are good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the best Drake features I've heard in a while. Drake, um, you seen Drake's new look? Uh, does he have like a little? He looks like Barbie kind of. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I heard of that. It hey, was, you go, boy. Yeah. Do your thing, what brother. What did he call himself? The certified lover boy or something like that? You go. Do your thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're famous, you can do anything you want. People think it's cool. Drake's so funny because despite being like... Despite being like who he is, he can he can tend to be very lame very often. And I don't say that as like a like a like a diss on him, but I am saying I think there's a nerd to Drake, right? And I think he can like sometimes when he goes for Playboy, it comes out. It comes out, <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, and that's not like you said too. It almost makes him endearing. Uh, in a certain sense. Yeah, I, I like the record a whole bunch. You like the? Do you, do you go deep into it? Do you like, like the Dave Chappelle and Young Lean and all that? Or I like, uh, I quite liked Schizo. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, to me, because I'm not a guy that follows Travis Scott. Right. To me, you had said prior that. A lot of his material maybe doesn't match up with his reputation. He did something that you really loved at one time. Right. And this is kind of a return to form or maybe better. So you're liking where he's going. I do do like this album, and I do like where he's going. Cool. Cool. Very much a turn to, kind of a return to form for Travis, but also um, experimental form. Which is even better, because you kind of like it when people get out of their element a little bit, bit. right? Yeah. That's your thing. Like artists when they push the envelope. Uh-huh. Excellent. Um, what what have you been listening to this week? Me? You know what I've been listening to. What have I been listening to? What have you been listening what to? What happened this week in the world of old people music? Guns N' Roses released a new, quotes, air quotes, new song, which is the... Fourth new, air quotes, song they've released since they got back together. None of them are new. Mm. Old school, no, hard school, Shadow of Your Love, which Shadow of Love was the first thing they released that was kind of, I think, I could be wrong, this is all from memory. But the Shadow of Your Love and Hard School are, they sound like they are Appetite Session songs. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make the record for a reason. Shadow of Your Love feels kind of pre. It feels pre appetite ish. Like what they were doing with Hollywood Rose and all of that. Mm-hmm. Hard, hard School feels, it's, it's fine, but it's, it's catchy, whatever. But again, it's from those sessions. And then Absurd is a song that was released in the middle of those. And it was kind of a. Uh, it's from the Chinese Democracy Sessions. It's very Nine Inch Nailsy. Mm-hmm. You can tell that it reminds me a little bit of the the first when Axel kind of went away and came back with a new band. He came back with a song called "Oh My God," which was with a an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie soundtrack. Which of course people thought, "Oh, we're going to get right. like T two. They're going to give us the T two song. They're going to give us," and it wasn't. It was him with Robin Fink and Bumblefoot and all that stuff, and it was completely different than everybody was used to. Whatever. This one is also from that group. It's called Perhaps, and I like it. It is obviously from the Chinese sessions. 
I, I think the Chinese material sounds a little better with Slash and Duff playing on it. Uh, I'm sure they fiddled with it. My guess is Axel didn't even go back in the studio and re-record. I would guess they lifted his vocals and then Slash and them did it. I think that a lot of music would sound better if two musicians, the quality of Duff and Slash replaced two other musicians. They're yeah. really good at their jobs. It's interesting because they have a song called "The General" that is this that's on the B side of a record you can order that'll be released. That if you order, perhaps vinyl copy, seven inch or whatever, on the other side is a song called "The General," which has this mythical status among Guns and Roses listeners because it, it was out there but not as a like finished version. And Sebastian Bach had told people it was his favorite song that Axel's ever sung on. It's the heaviest song Axel's ever sung on. It uh, requires him to do crazy things vocally in like his upper register. And so it, it for that fan base, it's like, oh my God, when is this ever going to come out? Is it ever going to come out? And it will come out as the B-side of this song. So that would be interesting to see like, if they did anything to it at all, if they messed it around, that kind of stuff's kind of funny. But, so that came out. Also, I have been listening to, okay, so Greta Van Fleet came out with a record, mm -hmm. Starcatcher. Yeah. And this is like, this is kind of the, I try to not do this too much. I try to either be in the classic rock realm or the, uh, you know, the hip hop realm, whatever. Right. I, I try not to, or, or the R&B realm. Old school R and B right. realm, that kind of thing, because I'm old. But I wound up hooked up with modern rock music, but with a classic twinge. Because right. when I listened to this record, I thought I was listening to stuff when it comes out, and I thought I wouldn't like it because I'm not a big fan of what they do all the time. To me, it's it's fine, but it's also kind of like oh. This was meant to remind me of something else, Zeppelin right. or whatever. But I did like it. I never stopped listening to it. I didn't take I didn't fast forward over it. I just listened to the whole record. And then it kicked me over to it kicked me over to classic rock or well, it's kind of classic ish rock. Mm -hmm. But anyway, to the newer rock from those style bands. Rival Sons comes out when they have an old sound too. That started playing their music for me. Um I've been listening to the kick the Queens of the Stone Age. Out and that record is fantastic. Mm. I love that record. Also, I listened to a little Pressure Drop with Robert Palmer, right? Which is an old record and it is a fantastic record. Uh, Will Kennedy said something to me the other day about how great he is and sent me a picture of the top of that record. And I had not delved into that area of the Robert Palmer catalog, it is fantastic. I did dive into a uh, De La Soul. It's like a three-song EP-ish, but obviously it's not an EP kind of because there's not like records, but whatever. It's three songs they put out on Spotify, and this was a native tongues thing, so it has your De La Soul, your Tribe Called Quest, your Queen Latifah, your Moni Love, all on the record. It's great. There's a couple more tracks under it. It's kind of cool to check out. I recommend it. I found somebody put on the Twitter machine the other day you know, name songs that you love from Q-Tip that aren't Q-Tip songs. And I couldn't help myself, so I started looking up all the songs they hit me with, 
And one of them was from a TV show called The PJs, which was like uh, Claymation, where the guy's like a janitor or something. And I think Eddie Murphy's the voice. And Raphael Sadiq, who is Tony, 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 and Q-Tip do a song. They, they do a song, Get Involved. And it's everything a song should be with Q-Tip producing and doing just a little bit on it. And your boy... Rafael Sadiq singing. It's fantastic. Love it. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. We good? A little a little window into what we do, how we live, how we be rolling. Absolutely. So our friends at the Gin Project, G-I-N-N, project.com, to our friends at Daily Smart, who put our wrestling pods out, plus our music pods. What are we going to do then? Go. Thank you for listening, folks. Appreciate it.